Mind Your Subconscious is the podcast that provides you with tips, tools, and perspectives that you need to turn your wildest dreams into reality. We believe that the key to your dreams lies in your subconscious, but we also know that not everything works for everyone. That is why we provide you with a variety of modalities you can use to get rid of your subconscious limiting beliefs so you can make your dreams come true. Your host is hypnotherapist Jennifer Schluter, who quit her job to travel the world while working online in 2016 after her first hypnosis session. Now she helps people to get rid of whatever is holding them back from standing in their true purpose and speaking their truth so that they can live up to their fullest potential while getting paid for it. Hello guys and welcome to the Mind Your Subconscious podcast. Today I'm here with Carly. Um, Carly, let us know what it is that you do and introduce yourself. Of course. Hi, everyone. I'm Carly. I am a transformational coach and I work with high performing and high achieving entrepreneurs to help them create more fulfillment, more wealth and more impact in their lives and their businesses. Beautiful. And what does that have to do with the subconscious mind? Good question. Uh, of course. So a lot of the work that is done uh, in the online space at the moment with coaching is we, a lot of people are working a lot with very surface level uh, change. So they're changing behaviors or they're changing, you know, surface level mindset um, shifts that aren't really long lasting. Whereas the, the way that I work with my clients is really working deep with their subconscious and helping them create a lot deeper change so that it is sustainable, so that it is long lasting and it really gets to the root of why that is an issue for them in the first place and how they can move forward with that. Okay, and what would you call surface level and what is deep behavioral change? Good question. So when you, so my background is in uh, behavioral science and psychology. So my master's is in behavioral analysis. And when it comes to looking at behavior, we need to really look at if we want to change someone's behavior and help them understand, you know, how they can proceed forward. Let's say someone is having an issue with, um, I don't know, getting out of bed in the morning. Let's just use that as an example. Um, we could choose to help them change that um, by changing what they're doing. So, for example, setting an alarm or helping them, you know, get their partner to get them out of bed in the morning or, or finding, you know, something that they might want to get out of bed for. And that would be a surface level change. That would be something that's not really getting to the core issue of the problem versus what I would do with clients is help them to understand why that particular behavior is happening for them, what the payoffs are, what the consequences, whether they be something that they want or they get to avoid something that they don't want, change their relationship to that particular outcome. And that, that, that therefore changes their behavior and they can therefore change their mindset like at a deeper level ongoingly. And what modalities do you use or do you just talking? Is that just possible by talking? It's absolutely possible by talking for sure. One of the most key and often overlooked um, tools is just awareness, helping clients to create that awareness, that penny drop, that light bulb moment where they go, oh my God, that's what it is. And that can often be enough to help them really create a lot of shift. And then afterwards, we go about helping them set up their environment so that those behaviors have a long-term change as well. Um, so talk is definitely one of them. Um, I do use some like timeline therapy if that's necessary. Um, some almost like hypnosis, probably not what you use, but similar things like that. 
Um, but oftentimes I will usually favor talk over because when we talk through our problems, the client is actually learning how to use that train of thinking for themselves, which means that when they encounter similar problems in the future, they can kind of think through it and figure it out for themselves without having to rely on me, which is something that I absolutely love having my clients do is helping them become essentially working myself out of a job, having them become independent. Right. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. And so tell us about some changes that you have witnessed in your clients that were absolutely like mind blowing. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. So I mean, the ones that I have a particular client that I worked with um, for about three or four months last year in 2019. And she came to me, um, she came to me for her business. And I say that in ear quotes because she thought that was what she needed help with. Um, but I mean, the issues that she was coming to me with were playing out in every single area of her life, as they do. You know, we, we work with people, we know that this is how it works. Um, and when we really got to the crux of what was going on, we really, we saw that there was a lot of trauma that had played out right from when she was a very, very little girl, that she had been so ashamed to speak of to anybody else. She couldn't language it. She couldn't speak about it. She couldn't even admit that it had happened to herself. And over the course of about three or four months, we worked with, with that, at, at that deepest level. And we, we processed a lot of grief, a lot of, a lot of difficult, stuck, raw emotions that she had been holding onto for her whole life. Um, and of course, helped to develop the behaviors on top of that as well. So great boundaries with her parents and, you know, saying no where she could and asking for her needs to be met. Um, so had a real balance of that, those, those inner and outer um, transformations. And she uh, had gone from, like, she had no clients in her business at that particular point in time. I think she had a couple of pro bono clients. And at the moment, at this point in time, um, so we were like nine, almost 12 months on, actually, since we started working together. Um, she is running her business completely full-time, has completely re replaced her full-time income. And when I say that, that's a really cool, like, metric, I suppose, of her success because she wasn't able to do that beforehand. But when I speak to her now, because we often catch up, she's not my client anymore, we often catch up and just seeing the, the blossoming that she has had, her confidence, I see her often show up, showing up on Instagram stories and just seeing her trust in herself is one of the most mind-blowing things. She's, she's absolutely a golden child in terms of my, my coaching and my clients in the past. I absolutely love looking at her. Um, so, I mean, there's those things. It's always that, you know, I work with entrepreneurs. So they always come to me thinking there's something going on in my business. I can't reach the next level. I can't crack this income level. I can't, you know, grow my audience. I seem to be stuck at this, you know, whatever you've heard it all before. Right. And it's always, 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 always an internal block that we need to figure out what it is and re-piece it back together and do those little pieces of healing. So whatever it is, it's always that internal piece and seeing them, seeing them light up with, with like who they can become once all of that is removed is one of the most rewarding things for sure. That is an amazing story. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, when it comes to our audience, what can you, what tips can you give them um, when it comes to making behaviors stick rather than just doing something that's surface level? Awesome. So one of the most simple questions um, is what am I getting out of this? 
So if you're ever engaging in a behavior or not engaging in a behavior that you want to be engaging in, ask yourself, what am I getting out of this? Am I getting to access something? So is there something that I'm getting to experience because I'm doing this behavior? Or is there something that I'm getting to avoid because I'm doing this behavior? Now, there's going to be something that's external to you that you're getting to access or avoid, but there's also going to be an internal state that you get to access or avoid as well. And that's where the key is. So always tap into what emotional state am I not experiencing or am I avoiding because of this behavior? And if, if we can see that that particular emotion is likely to be something that you don't have a good relationship with, and one of the most simple things is actually just to check in with yourself and see, you know, where does that emotion sit in your body? Does it have a location? Does it have, you know, a place that it, you know, kind of wriggles around? Does it have a movement? And really get to understand that emotion for yourself because it will be somewhere in your body. If you're avoiding it, it will 100% be repressed somewhere in your body stuck. So if we can start to and this is something that I would highly recommend working through with your coach if, if you've got an audience member who has got a coach or with yourself, Jenny, um, is to really like help them process that emotion and help them to cultivate a quality relationship with that emotion. And that is going to help people most, most definitely stop avoiding the thing that they're trying to avoid, but also take the actions that they weren't taking in the, in the first place. So that would be the first thing is ask yourself, what am I getting out of this? And what emotion am I getting to access or avoid because of this? And it's that relationship with that emotion that's going to be really, really helpful to tap into. Okay, great. And um, let's say they found the emotion and how would you say can they release that? Or yeah, if they found the emotion that, uh, emotion that they're avoiding, how can they, how can they release that? Such a good question. Such a good question. Um, okay, so the key when you're doing any emotional work is to understand that the goal is not to get rid of it. The goal is not to stop feeling the emotion. It's to cultivate a more positive relationship with it. So when it pops up in your life, because it will, you're a human being, that you can respond to it with love and care and compassion and kindness because it's going to pop up. So say, for example, that um, like anger, for females is a really common one. A lot of women have a lot of trouble expressing anger because we were told like, you can't do that. You know, little girls that have to be nice and, you know, don't speak up and don't speak out of place. So a lot of women have a lot of difficulty expressing anger, which goes with boundaries, right? So if we can start understanding, like, first of all, just name it. And one thing that I often tell clients to do is Go to Google, just Google search, like list of emotions, print it out somewhere, put it on your phone so that you've got it handy. And so you can kind of just check through it because the first step is always to name it. So first step is just name what emotion you're feeling. The second one is to own it. And so you can say something like, I'm feeling anger. And that simple step of just like saying, I'm, I'm feeling it, allows us to accept at least the fact that we have that emotion. And in the next process would be something that I would recommend having someone with you for like a coach or someone that you love is to start by expressing it. And often we don't know how to express these emotions because we've never expressed them before and it hasn't been safe for us to do so. So 
just playing with it. You know, is it anger? Do I want to go and punch a punching bag? Do I want to go for a run? Do I want to like scream into a pillow? What feels good for me to start moving this energy around and just try things, just try things is the, is the best way to do it. And obviously do it in a very safe environment. Um, and pay attention to that moment where you start to get that energetic shift because you will start feeling it. It will start moving because emotions are literally energy in motion. And when that, when we repress them, they get stuck. So name it, own it, release it. However, you might want to and pay attention to that release point and then allow it to release. So what I mean by this is often we can kind of loop in emotions we can often get stuck in them because we have these addictions to them or because we're so scared of them. So even just like kind of like consciously being like, okay, I'm releasing this anger now. It's gone. I can feel the shift and it's, it's gone. But the way that we do this is really important because remember the goal is not to get rid of it. The way that we want to release it is very much like it's gone and I'm okay if it comes back. But for right now, it's gone. I don't need it within me anymore. So name it, own it, release it. and let it go. Okay. And when you say we're getting stuck in our emotion or uh, emotions or we're getting addicted to them, where does that come from? Why is that happening? Good question. Well, it's going to be different for a lot of people, the answer to that question. Um, but we do get addicted to particular emotions that were reinforced in us as children. So as we grow up, um, the big people around us, whether they be parents or aunts and uncles or grandparents or teachers, older siblings, um, they would have responded to particular emotions in particular ways that re either reinforced that emotion and we were like, oh, okay, that emotion is good or that emotion is bad. And so we tend to get addicted to the ones that um, we that have been reinforced in us and we tend to um, like repress the ones that were punished in us or not allowed. And so we can get stuck in this cycle. You see these people, but you would have seen them before. They get stuck in sadness or they get stuck in happiness. You know, those people who are just on all the time. They're like happy all the time. You're like, oh my God, are you like human? It's because they have an addiction to that. They don't know how to feel anything else because nothing else was safe for them. So we've got to pay attention to like feeling the full range of emotions, which is why I say to clients, like get that list and start playing and see which ones you actually can identify with and which ones you tend to spend more time with. And the process in, in a nutshell is really just creating more awareness around your range of emotions so that you can access any one of them at any time. And when they pop up, you're okay with it. What about what comes to mind right now is men crying, suppressing mm -hmm. crying, suppressing sadness. Mm -hmm. um, so pressing because they're being seen as weak or whatever yep. what would you have to say about that so well we have to remember again this comes back to behavior that everything we do we do for a reason so if if that was a way that a client was presenting i would immediately know that something had happened in his life when he was growing up that made him repress that particular emotion and it's it's going to be pretty easy to pinpoint something along the lines of big boys don't cry toughen up, man up, man the F up, all of these little, all of these little phrases that are so thrown about in our society. Um, I'm sure it's the same where you grew up as well. Do you have things like that, that, that was, yeah yeah. 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 So it's, it's socially unacceptable for men to cry and to express sadness or, you know, anxiety, whatever that emotion is for them. 
Um, so part of the process then is allowing them to tap back into it and allowing them to start processing and allowing them to start seeing those emotions. Because it's not that men aren't emotional. It's not that men aren't sad. It's just that they haven't been allowed to be. And we have to tap back into why that is and where they learned that that was the case. And that's where working with the subconscious comes in. You know, where did you learn that? What was, what event happened in your life? And, and going back to that event and processing healing around it too. So what do you think is going to happen? Because there's a lot more conscious people, so to say, on this planet. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot more people who are working around their shits. And mm -hmm. there's a lot more people who are working with their subconscious to release those old patterns and those ancestral stuff and all, this, all these things. What is going to happen? What is the next generation going to look like when they raise their children <laughs> in that kind of way? What do you well, think? Well, I do think we have a long way to go. I think we, us in the coaching space, we have a warped sense of how many people are actually focused on this. I think when you look at, you know, society as a whole, I think the majority of people are still in this, in this field where they're not actually processing their yeah. emotions. Um, so I think it will take a few generations. However, I think with every generation, we do make positive shifts forward, I hope, crossing my fingers. Um, but I also think that all of the newer generations have other things to contend with, like look at how much time they spend on technology and look at how um, they don't, they, I think there's already studies coming out to show that they don't know how to understand other people's emotions as well and they don't have as much empathy because they're not actually spending as much time face to face, they're online. So I think, yes, there might be some steps forward in some places, but there's probably going to be some steps backwards in others and I think what the cool thing is, is that we have so many people currently in society, coaches, therapists, psychotherapists, hypnotists, so many people who are kind of working together, so to speak, with this idea of bringing everybody up and helping everyone create more awareness around them. And I think that's wonderful. I think only good things can come from that. Yeah, I think so too. I agree. It's, it's um, great to see and also that it is more accepted. Totally. Yeah, I love, I was having this conversation with someone the other day about, because um, obviously I trained in psychology, but I'm working as a coach. So I love the fact that coaching is so, there's not as much stigma attached to it. It's so acceptable. It's often worn as a badge of honor. Like, do you have a coach? I've got a coach. Like, who's your coach at the moment, you know, versus therapy can often still be looked at as like, you know, there's something wrong with you. So I just, I love that there is that our generation in particular is very driven towards personal development. I think that's awesome. And so you as a psychologist yourself, um, do you have coaches or psychologists or both? <laughs> well, I'm working towards my psychologist registration at the moment. That's in the works at this point in time. Um, I have worked with, this is interesting, I have worked with psychologists before, but I haven't made as much change in my own life as when I have worked with coaches, which is really mm. interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know why that is. I, possibly that I didn't find the right psychologist or, you know, I wasn't right, wrong time, wrong place. I wasn't as ready to process that. And that's just my personal opinion. And I do think absolutely psychologists are the right place for a lot of people with what they're processing. Um, but that's just my experience. I'm sure there will be times where I'll go back to psychologists. <laughs> and, um, for what would you recommend for people um, to look for and to go for? What would you go to for a um, psychologist and what would you go to for a coach? Um, well, I think I'll just put the caveat on here that 
obviously go and see your GP, your doctor, if you want a reference to a psychologist, if, you, if you're worried about this. Um, typically speaking, psychologists will help people deal more with things like anxiety and depression. Um, they, the typical therapy model is um, more like fixing something that's wrong versus coaching is more future focused. Let's focus on the positive and where we're going. Um, I mean, there's crossovers for sure and different people have different ways of working. Um, I think coaching tends to be more goal focused. If you've got something that you're trying to work towards versus psych psychology is more like if you've got an issue that you want to talk through or you know that you've got something deep seated that needs, you know, some, some deep work on for sure. Okay, great. <laughs> so what, um, Sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I, I looked at the time. I was like, how much time do we have? Because I don't want the recording to end. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> when it comes to um, fulfillment through mm -hmm. behavioral changes, mm -hmm. what do you think is key here? Well, I think... Um, I, think I talk about fulfillment a lot, and I think that we need to be aware that often what's sold to us that's going to make us fulfilled is not actually going to create fulfillment. So, you, you know, we all get caught in this idea that more money, more things, more experiences are going to create fulfillment for us. But at the end of the day, if you don't know how to experience fulfillment and that, that level of calm contentedness with, with who you are at that point in time, you're not going to be able to experience that fulfillment because you'll be consistently looking for the next thing. So through a behavioral lens, I think, I think honestly it comes back and all, all the time fulfillment always comes back to doing the inner work. You can't have fulfillment if you don't have that inner relationship with yourself, that really positive relationship with who you are and your self-worth. Um, so can you ask a question another way? Have I answered your question? Uh, yes, but and, and also let, let us know what fulfillment is to you. Yeah. And so, if you, people have very different um, um, wishes for fulfillment, basically, or, or ideas of fulfillment. Yeah, of course. So my idea of fulfillment is based off, um, I guess, a commentary or an observation of what I've seen in clients. Like I've seen clients come to me and they're like, I've hit the goals that I said that I was going to hit. I've achieved the thing. Why is there still something missing? Like why, you know, I don't feel, I don't feel like I thought that I was going to feel. Um, and I think that's it. You know, our expectation is that something external to us is going to make us fulfilled. It's actually not the case at all. It's only that we can create that fulfillment for ourselves through our relationship with ourselves, which is all about mastering that inner world, mastering the inner voice, you know, looking at our emotions and having acceptance of them because they're all part of us, building our self-worth, building our self-trust. And I think when we have that, and we recognize that we're never going to be perfect and our relationship with ourselves is never going to be perfect. We're always on a journey, but it allows us to kind of sit back and go, huh, I can kind of enjoy this moment now for what it is because I'm here and I'm grateful and I'm present for what I have currently and who I am currently. And I'm going over there and I love that journey, but it's, I know I'm very honest with myself that that's not going to create the fulfillment that I think it's going to create. I create that. 
And I think that's pretty cool because when we have that ownership, it's very much like, well, you get to choose it. You get to choose your fulfillment. It's not contingent upon you earning a whole bunch of money or driving a particular type of car at all. Yeah. And when are you most fulfilled? Oh, I had a pretty great fulfilled moment before. Um, so I am at the moment, I'm focusing on fulfillment in the moments, like in the small moments. So I was, I had, took the day off today and I went skiing because it's winter here in New Zealand and went skiing, took the day off and I stood at the top of the run and I was like, oh my God, like I did this. Like I got here because of this you know, relationship that I have with myself. Now I trusted myself. I went all in, I did the thing. I totally like am amazed and so happy with where I am right now. And I'm so excited for what I'm moving towards. And then I got home and took the dog for a walk and it was watched the sunset. It was absolutely beautiful. And I think that's it. It's like, it's presence in the, in the, in joy in the small moments without having to be constantly like, what's the next thing that I'm going for. Yeah. Beautiful. I love it. <laughs> and so without taking the joy out of this present moment, but what is next for you? <laughs> <What's> <laughs> that next? was a great, <laughs> great segue. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I have a lot of things that I'm working on at the moment. Um, I have a project that's in the works at the moment called the fulfillment code. So this is at this point in time, it is a one-on-one -on -one coaching program. Um, but it is going to become something that is a lot bigger um, that I hope will be, I'll tour the world with it with keynotes and there'll be a book um, because what I really want is for the quality high level coaching to be delivered to more people on mass. And I want more people, the everyday person, not just those people who can afford, you know, expensive coaches and psychologists. I want everyone to be able to experience that sense of fulfillment within themselves. So I do have a plan working in the back of my mind for how that's going to play out and how that's going to be created. Um, but that's kind of more five-year plan. Um, what's, what's next for this year is growing my team, um, bringing on more people in my team, to more coaches to help me uh, make more impact on the people that I love working with. Um, and that's just been really gratifying for me this year to really see my team bloom and blossom. That's yeah, that's been pretty, pretty cool. So that's, that's what's happening for me next is growth and getting more impact out. Beautiful. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> and, um, how can our audience find you? Oh, of course. Uh, so the place where I'm most active is Instagram. So you can find me there at Carly, C-A-R-L-Y, Anna, A-N-N-A dot co um so find me there add me there i'm in my stories pretty frequently um or my website which is under construction at the moment so you'll be able to find us there at www.carliana.co pretty easy to remember okay sweet awesome and that will also be in the podcast notes of course yeah. and now i just want to really thank you for your time and for your wisdom and for being with us on this podcast thank you so much carly Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I hope it's been useful for your audience. Love this episode of Mind Your Subconscious? Subscribe, rate, and leave a review on whichever platform you're listening. It's very much appreciated. Thank you so much. Catch our next episode every Monday.